Welcome to Table 86, a podcast celebrating Black and other underrepresented talent transforming the landscape of the food and beverage industry. I'm your host, Gio Darwin. Let's take a seat. Have you ever thought about self-publishing a cocktail book or cookbook but don't know where to begin? Well, today's guest is here to help. At the table today is Martina Jackson, founder of the blog and lifestyle platform Drea and Company. If that wasn't impressive enough, Martina also added the title of self-published author to her resume with her first cocktail book, After Hours. In this episode, Martina shares her most impactful learnings in her self-publishing journey and how this passion project helped her evolve and grow as a creative. Martina, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be chatting with you today. I've got my wine here and I'm just ready to, to chat. You know, it's always, it's fitting, uh, even though, you, you know, you've, you've written a cocktail book, it is fitting that you have a glass of wine, uh, because at the end of a long day, that's what we deserve, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you're based in Indianapolis. Yes. Yep. Born and raised in Indy. So, you know, got to represent. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what the indie food and beverage scene looks like. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's funny, a lot of people probably wouldn't guess, but Indianapolis actually has a pretty well-developed foodie scene mm. and it, yeah. So, you know, come, come and visit us, but it did take us, I think a little while to get there. So it's definitely evolved over the years. And I think like a lot of other, you know, kind of major cities, we went from a transition of a lot of like franchise restaurants, which, you know, Love those. Love it. You know, right. love my mm-hmm. red lobster and all that good stuff in my cheesecake factory. <laughs> um, and then we kind of transitioned to more of your one off, you know, really curated, uh, fine dining and just some really fun, you know, kind of re- restaurants. Um, so, yeah, our foodie scene is like pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. So, yeah. Uh, so when would you say that renaissance happened? Because I think that in looking at a lot of cities, food has become a central mover or shaker in like the growth of a city or the renaissance of a city. So I'm just curious Mm -hmm. in your experience, since you've lived there your whole life, uh, how, how and when did you see that starting to happen in uh, Indianapolis? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think it's funny for me, it happened at a time where I was living in Indy. Um, and I, I graduated in high school around 2004 um, so you guys can Me figure too. out my age. Okay, okay. in the house. 04 in the okay. house. <laughs> <laughs> so I graduated in 04 and I went off to college. I went to I went to Xavier University in New Orleans for a year. And then I uh, actually finished up at Indiana University in Bloomington, which is a small city um, in Indianapolis as well, a Big Ten uh, university there. And then by the time I graduated, came back to Indy, everything had changed. Um, everything had changed. And kind of like you said, the food scene is kind of like that central location where like all of the change in the city can kind of start to happen Mm -hmm. and and just a lot of the development and, you know, all of those things. So by the time I came back from school, I'm like, okay, things are, uh, we're we're doing some things here. Things are changing. Yeah. (laughs) So I know in in, in thinking about you um, in particular, you're heavily involved in the food scene. I, I wasn't sure if you were a trained bartender based on, on your books, but you work in the food and beverage industry. What have you been doing professionally since uh, you graduated school? 
So I am not a professional bartender. I am a foodie at heart. I like to say that. Oh, wow. (laughs) I love to uh, cook and bake. And in a prior life, I wanted to own a bakery. I wanted to, you know, be all in the food scene professionally. Um, So I think this is kind of my way of of still expressing that side and expressing my love for food. Um, Just kind of on the flip side, kind of blogging, you know, Mm -hmm. content creation and things like that. But I actually came out of school and went into the pharmaceutical industry. So I, yeah, so I went straight into kind of the corporate field and, you know, my love for, for just creativity was always there underneath. Um, Love for food was always there. So it's kind of, it just kind of developed and it it broke out. (laughs) So speaking of that a little bit and your creative business, tell me a little bit about Drea and company and how that came to be. Yeah. So for me, Drea and company, again, kind of was born out of, I think, just my desire to have this like creative outlet. So, you know, I was working full time. um, And interestingly enough, I think around the time that social media kind of started popping a little bit more, Instagram Mm -hmm. was popping, Twitter, all of the things, it, that platform kind of gave me my first opportunity to share some of my creativity that I was maybe keeping to myself. And it allowed me to kind of, you know, share that with the world in a way that I hadn't before. Um, It allowed me to connect with other foodies. It allowed me to just kind of throw myself into this creative field. And so I did that. And this was maybe back in like 2015 or so. And um, found myself, you know, picking up a camera, um, a phone, anything I could get my hands on to just like capture literally anything that was around me. Right. And, you know, I was just taking photos, you know, on my on my Visco app, doing all the edits and doing like all the cool hipster photos. So you should have and stock in Visco because, uh, you know, oh, I, I, listen, the app listen. <laughs> <laughs> like I should be a founding member. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I think that really inspired me to just start creating more. And then I, I realized like, hey, let's go ahead and get a can like a real DSLR camera. And when that happened, like it was a wrap, like I was just, I had the power to create anything I wanted. And I think that kind of just inspired me to create then a business out of that. I know that we met through the Black and Bold Brew Crew, like um, they were previous guests and friends of the show, but um, engaging with your content uh, and seeing what you've been able to put out, I've just been highly impressed. And it's, it's high quality that I thought that maybe, you know, photography, uh, or art was your major. Um, so being a creative, sometimes we always have these other, like, you know, creative interests on the side that we build. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yep. it sounds like uh, you picked up a, a DSLR like a few years ago. How did you get up to speed and like uh, build that skill? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you. And, and likewise, your content and everything that you do is just super impressive, super amazing. Um, and I, I wonder too, from, from your experience, you know, for me, I did a lot of learning on my own, a lot of YouTube university. Um, I grabbed my Mm. camera and, you know, I signed up for a few classes here and there, a few local classes, but really it was just about getting out there and experimenting and then also just leaning into your own kind of vision. So I think, you know, we all have our own style and when you pick up a camera, you you develop that over the years, you kind of come into what things you like, what tones, what colors, all of those things. And I, I identified my style really early on. You know, I really like moody, kind of like 
shadowy, uh, deep tones and just, mm-hmm. you know, really kind of um, artsy, artsy visuals. So I leaned into that, but it was really just about experimenting and learning. And I certainly made mistakes along the way, but you just keep, you just keep doing it. Yeah. One of the things that I've talked about with other guests and I think will, will resonate with you because it always resonates with me is how far we've come, like thinking about the then and now challenges. Yes. Oh um, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> when I look at cocktails, I, I, I took photos of, or, or food I took photos of five years ago when I was just starting as compared to now, uh, yes. it's night and day. And I really thought I was doing something back then. <laughs> okay. That part now. Yeah. I will say like, there's a few shoots where I'm like, okay, let me go back and look and see what I was doing. And I'm like, mm, you could maybe tweak that a little bit more, but like, it's okay. At the time we loved it. So <laughs> it's all right. Good. And now we can celebrate <laughs> that growth. Right. Right. So in thinking about that growth, I know, um, Dre and company has several different types of services that they offer. So you do photography as well as uh, blogging and content creation. Um, And do you do consulting as well? I do. I do. So I actually manage um, social media for a few clients and just some overall kind of marketing and digital content creation uh, services. So all of the, all of the visuals and just kind of helping people, you know, share their brand, share what they're doing. That is my jam. I'd, I'd love it. So Yeah. And so what would you say have been like your proudest moments in, th- in thinking about that mm. journey that we just talked talked about in a number of different ways? You've obviously grown, you've established this business. What have been your proudest moments or like the things that you like um, really celebrate when you look back on all that you've accomplished mm-hmm. thus far? Yeah, you know, I think some of my proudest moments really have been even over the past couple of years. Um, when you get into the creative field, a lot of times we have so many things that we're, that we're passionate about or excited about and mm-hmm. kind of, you put all of these things out there and sometimes I can get a little overwhelming. Um, and so if there's any creatives out there, you can probably relate. For sure. And so for me, I think this, that self discovery, you know, and then really figuring out what you are most excited about and what your thing really is. Um, I've been really excited that that transition has just, that vision has just become more clear. And I think over the last couple of years, leaning into, you know, food and beverages and just kind of sharing a lot of lifestyle content, which is, I think, kind of what got me started mm-hmm. and circling back to that a little bit more has been super exciting. Um, and just working with more food clients, more beverage clients, more commercial um, photography work, like that's really been a dream of mine. So seeing that kind of come to fruition, it's like, wow, this is really a thing. <laughs> definitely. And obviously it's switching gears, but definitely related. Yeah. You, you funneled that into your most recent project, you know, your after yes. hours cocktail book. And mm-hmm. I know like, you know, I said, I said it to you, but uh, that it's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's a gorgeous piece of art. <laughs> it's you. um, your photography on point, the cocktails. I, I got to, I didn't get to look at every single cocktail, but I got to explore <laughs> and get intimate um, with, with a few. Yeah. Uh, I haven't made any yet, but one, the first one that caught my eye was the French martini. And Ooh, okay. the first thing I noticed before I even read the notes was, wow, she added an egg white. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I yes. thought that you, uh, just from the few that I got to look at, I thought you were really inventive. So what inspired you to move forward with creating a cocktail book specifically? I have always just been like all about happy hours and getting together and just kind of that social, the socialization, I think, of cocktails mm-hmm. is a thing for me. Um, and so I've always kind of loved trying new things, trying new places around the city. Um, I have a, I actually have a platform called Drinks with Drea. And before, you know, we were in a, a panorama, I used to, uh, <laughs> we would host events um, and, and kind of networking happy hours um, just to allow people to kind of come out, have fun, have a drink, have a mocktail or cocktail. And so um, that's just always been something that I loved. And this year or, you know, in 2020, when, you know, things started shutting down, you can't really get out and, and visit the restaurants that you love and, and uh, the bars that you love. Um, right. So we had a ton, of, a ton of time on your hands. And so I said, you know what, I've always kind of wanted to do you know, a, a little bit of a passion project around food photography, around beverage photography. And, you know, what better way to then to pair that with a recipe book where I can learn, you know, how do, how do you do this at home? And I'm sure there's like tons of us that want to be able to, you know, make like restaurant level uh, craft cocktails in your house. And it's very easy to do, as you know, um, but it's just about kind of getting out there and trying and trying it. So that kind of helped inspire that. And so it was just fun to, you know, in those quiet moments at home where mm-hmm. we're quarantining to just get a bunch of ingredients, have a little fun, you know, sometimes invite some friends over and see what they think about this drink or, you know, just have fun with it. So that really inspired me and kind of got me started. The, I like that you called it the panorama. Um, that's the first time I've heard, <laughs> <laughs> heard it called that, but I, I like that. I might be adopting and stealing that. Um, yes. <laughs> but, you know, during this time, it, people definitely had their ups and downs. Uh, yeah. But I will say in, in many of the creatives I've talked to, and you included, that it has been a time of reflection and, and an opportunity to do some things that we haven't been able to do before. Uh, but your book is not only, you don't only have an ebook version, you actually have a published version of the book, which I think adds another layer of complexity. Yes, yes. So did you self-publish? I did, I did. And it was, um, as a photographer, it was really important for me to have something that people could hold and see. Um, I really wanted to create something that felt like a coffee table book, like a mm-hmm. that's really a body of work for photography as much as it is a tool for recipes as well. So that was very much at the forefront of my mind. And initially, you know, kind of thinking about like, how am I going to do this? What's this project going to look like? And when I debated how I would publish, I knew I needed a hardcover book. I knew I, I didn't want softcover. I didn't want just an ebook. Like I wanted people to see right. um, the visual and really feel it because I think it makes a difference when you can kind of feel it in your hand and, and get that up close look. So I did go ahead and self-publish and learning you know, learning all of the the behind the scenes, you know, uh, and research that you need to to do that was was an interesting uh, journey this year. But it kept me busy. <laughs> Definitely, and you know, I, I I've known a couple people who self published things, and it's not always as straight. It's not always a straightforward path. There's a lot of nuance to it that I, I don't oh, think yes. that people always always realize. Um, Absolutely. In thinking about. Uh, some of that nuance um, and not just the publishing piece itself, but more 
the putting the book together, the layouts, the photography, all those or- organizing pieces that you have mm-hmm. to do. Um, did you photograph all? Uh, I was looking at the photos; they're gorgeous. Did you do all the photography yourself, or are you a one-woman show if, with this project? Yes, and I don't recommend that to anyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend against doing everything by yourself, but here we are. Um, so in, except for, um, with the exception of photos of, of me, I did have um, some amazing friends, uh, Tanisha Pinnix, who is a photographer in, in Indianapolis, as well as uh, Cliff Dutterville. Mm-hmm. Um, they're phenomenal. And so they helped me with the photos of, of like, you know, my portraits and headshots. And then I did all of the uh all of the, you know, cocktail photography and kind of the layout and design of the book myself. Throughout that creative process, what would you say are just generally the, some of the challenges that you feel you faced as a creative who was also doing that business side of things? Yeah, I, I think just overall, um, it, you know, any new process, there's, there's just a lot to kind of take in. So, you know, you're writing a book for the first time, you're learning, you know, different programs, design programs and things like that. And so, um, I think overall, like the biggest learning thing for me was just, you know, to kind of take your time and making sure that you're kind of evaluating like why you're doing it so that you can stay focused um, because it's it's just a lot. It's a lot to do. So, um, you know, there were a lot of late nights. There was a lot of uh, researching, like I said, a lot of YouTube University. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but we you know, you get it done. And the thing is, too, like, when it's something that you're passionate about, it doesn't feel it's a lot of work, but it never feels negative. Like it never feels heavy. It's just like, Oh, this is a lot. <laughs> right. And you know, it's been out when, when did it officially drop? So we officially dropped, I want to say, was that December 7th? We did pre-orders and then mm. I think we sent out our first book. I want to say it was maybe December 26th. So we did pre-orders um, and, and launched officially got uh, a ton of, of hardcover books out and it's just been really cool kind of seeing the feedback, um, seeing people open them and just, mm-hmm. it's just so cool. It's really cool. I One thing that I like to talk about is why representation is is really important. And other mm-hmm. than you, I believe there's only one other, and she was a Black woman um, who recently released a cocktail book, uh, Shanna Mustafer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say her name, um, <laughs> but she's based, yeah. in, based in New York. Uh, what? has representation looked like in the industry for you? And then also I just am curious how you've built your tribe and uh, continued supporting others. Yeah, no, so that's, it's definitely at the forefront of, you know, what I do and and just kind of how I think in a lot of ways, um, it's huge. So representation is huge in the cocktail industry or just in the food blogging industry. sometimes it's, it's hard to see us. It's hard to see that we're out there. And, you know, we know that when number one, you you see that role model, you see that example, it's just so much easier for you to realize that you can accomplish that goal as well. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, it's really uplifting. So you need that just, just visually as inspiration. But um, two, I think it's just really important. The more that we get into these different areas um, to be able to get into a position of, of being able to kind of lift someone up and to kind of bring them in um, and give them the tips and skills and the things that they need to be able to accomplish um, as much as you or more than, you know, hopefully more than, Mm -hmm. you know, what we're doing. So to me, it's just about 
making making sure that there's space for us and anything that I can do to kind of help, you know, I will I will definitely do that. So that's major for me, for sure. Yeah, there is mm-hmm. so much room for all of us to win. Oh my gosh, um, yes. There, there is so much room. And I, I think that through support and banding together, we're stronger. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, Absolutely. And I see that every single day. Diving a little more into the book yeah. itself, you give some background on uh, the cocktails before you dive into it. Like you have a pantry list and then yes. I liked how they were categorized. I'm probably going to miss one, but I know you had sours and martinis and the classics. You had desserts. Yes. There was one I had not heard of. Um, was it called a long drive? Oh, were you thinking let's get away? The yeah. long drinks? The yes. long drinks, yes. And yeah. <laughs> I hadn't heard of I hadn't heard of long drinks um before. Mm-hmm. So what was your thought process around like organizing the book and the types of cocktails that you wanted to include? Yeah. So for me, I wanted this book number one to be foundational for people. Mm-hmm. Um so again, just thinking about, you know, the normal, normal homegirl like myself. We're at home. I want to kind of get a handle on like, how do I start? Like, how do I approach this? Or how do I build a home bar? Even? Yes. Yeah. And okay. so, yeah. So when you're kind of thinking about building your home bar, um, you know, you're, you want to learn like, what are the base spirits that you're going to need? You know, what are the base kind of liqueurs or what are you going to add in? What kind of um, spirits can you add into that? So it kind of starts you there and teaches you what are the basics. Yeah. And then you, you can pretty much divide, you know, most of your uh, classic cocktails into, you know, those main categories of sours, you know, most, a lot of the drinks that we have when we're out at the bar, typically sours, if you think of like margaritas or daiquiris, Daiquiris, Mm -hmm. you know, nine out of 10, it's probably a sour. Uh, But then you kind of also have like those old fashions and kind of your traditional drinks that are like, you know, uh, kind of old school. Yeah. And so I thought it would be cool to make sure we have like a foundation of that. So if you want a stiff drink, you know where to start. Mm. Um, and then I think like, you know, drinks like a long drink is kind of fun. And there definitely was sort of a play up on, you know, the the fact that we are mostly not traveling right now. But you think <laughs> right. of like a Long Island or like a, a mojito or a pina colada, you know, those tall kind of sippable cocktails that are just like perfect for, you know, a tropical getaway. Uh, so you know, you can bring that, you can bring that vibe into your house, into your kitchen. And so you kind of take away the basics there and you kind of have all your, your, your bases covered. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely apparent, apparent to me. And I was like, oh, this is one thing I will say about the book is that it felt accessible. Like in looking through some of the cocktails, I was like, definitely what you said. I felt like I could make it at home. I was like, I think I have most of this stuff downstairs or it would be a quick run to the grocery yes. store. Um, exactly. exactly. And, and that's exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, it, that really came through. Um, and minimal ingredients, at least the ones that I saw, it wasn't like mm-hmm. they were super complex or complicated, uh, but they had a little flair, which I like, like a unique flair that must've been the Dre, you know, the Martina Andrea flair. Yes. yes. <laughs> and that's, and that's the thing too. So like one, one thing is we did add in um, space in the back of the book so that you can like write your own recipes as well. Oh, okay. Um, and so we kind of, I kind of intentionally made sure that the drinks weren't overly complicated and these were things that you could pick up in your local grocery store. It's not like you have to go to a, a super special 
you know, a one-off grocery store to find a certain ingredient. Um, Because again, I want everyone to be able to, you know, just have fun with it. And then once you learn that foundation, then you can get real fancy with it. Okay. So then we'll do Mm -hmm. a part two. (laughs) <laughs> we'll do a part two and then you know we'll we'll kind of up the ante a little bit but so when you think about the recipes that you created what were some of your favorites in the book oh that's a good one so I think my one of my favorites actually was uh, there is an almond coconut um espresso martini I saw in that there. yes and I can't lie to you, it is so good. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, speaking of black and bold, so if you want to try that with your black and bold coffee, uh, it's a great recipe. You know, I just got my order sh- shipped. I got the <laughs> shipment of, of, of okay. my order last week. So maybe maybe I will try that. Um, there you go. And I saw in the image you had it garnished with the grounds, maybe. So, we yeah, we sprinkled a little bit of cocoa powder oh, on top. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it just adds that perfect little touch of cocoa. It's, I'm telling you guys, you need to try it. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's awesome. So uh, one thing that you, one thing that you just mentioned is that, you know, there are plans to do possibly another book. Um, Mm -hmm. What would you say are some of the future goals for your brand? The the next step of after hours, what's, Mm -hmm. what's up and coming for you? Yeah, so I think for sure, um, definitely keep writing. So, I mean, writing is, you know, a love of mine, even, you know, writing on the blog, continuing to share recipes and and having fun there. So I definitely see uh, some additional uh, publications coming out in the next year or so. Um, but a lot of kind of just sticking to, you know, um, I'm working with a few different um, professional chefs in the city, helping them with some content, doing some photography work. Um, a lot more commercial photography, definitely in the pipeline as far as um, some, you know, different spirits companies and some different uh, cookbooks for for some other folks in the works as well. So overall, I really want Drea and Co to kind of represent just a, a, a nice spectrum of lifestyle, fashion and home and food and just kind of be like a great place or a great resource for you to go. Definitely. Nothing that's too pretentious, but just to kind of like give people inspiration that, hey, you can, you can really have, you know, some abundance, but it's, it's nothing over the top. Yeah, that's awesome. And as you think about that and you've reflected and you thought about what's next or what intention would you set with yourself as you move into this next phase? Mm, oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think even circling back to kind of what we were talking about in the beginning and just honing in on what you are most passionate about and kind of leaning into that focus and, you know, just staying, staying on the path, I think is really what it's about. And, um, kind of keeping that, keeping your eye on, like, you know, like I said, keep your eye on the prize. It Uh, sounds super cliche, but like, it's very true. And it it becomes more apparent that when you do that, you tend to achieve, um, a lot more success. You're a lot more productive. And I think you just feel better when you can just kind of stay focused on that thing that you really, really love. All right, Martina, it is time for the table topic. And table topics are a part of the show where my guest, i.e. you, uh, get to (laughs) drop some knowledge, share some of their area expertise with the listener. So 
in thinking about all the different things that you do so well, um, from photography to cocktail making, uh, one of the things that you become an expert on is self-publishing a book. <laughs> and I've talked to many people who have thought about it, uh, but don't know how to get started. So I thought maybe you could give three or four tips to consider around that publishing process. If you want to, if somebody wanted to create their own recipe book or, you know, cocktail book like you did. Absolutely. So, yeah, so it's, as I kind of mentioned, it's definitely been a really interesting learning experience. It's been a lot of fun, but mm. I did pick up, I did pick up a few things along the way. And I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think I can save folks maybe just a little bit of time and, and just kind of give uh, a few, a few little tidbits there. So what would be your first tip? I would say number one, um, start writing and start writing in the least complex way that you can. Mm. Okay. So um, when it kind of comes to putting together, you know, your manuscript and your layout, I think sometimes we can kind of want to tackle it all at once and it, it gets a little overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so what I found was one of the best ways to just kind of get started is number one, you want to, you really just want to get all of the ideas out of your brain as quickly as possible when you're kind of starting the writing process. I think that's one of the most efficient ways to just get the stuff out there and then we can worry about, you know, editing and revising and all that stuff later. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what I would recommend folks do is, you know, either get you your notes app in your iPhone or get, you know, a Google doc folder set up and literally just start brain dumping, you know, your chapters. So maybe you'll have one note or one page in your, your Google folder and, you know, call yeah. it your table of contents, you know, mm -hmm. and then make another document for chapter one and just start typing, you know, try not to edit too much, try not to erase and delete, just start writing. Um, and then once you kind of do that and, and take that time to just brain dump, you'll, you'll notice that you'll have so much content that once you start putting things together, you're, it's, it'll feel like you're halfway there. Mm, that's awesome. Tip number two, I would say choose your distribution platform wisely, okay? So if you are self-publishing, Mm -hmm. um, you'll, you kind of have some different options on how are you actually going to deliver your book to people, you know, whether it's an ebook or if it's a hard copy, um, you know, sometimes you can sell your books on say like an Amazon or, you know, a Kindle platform, or mm -hmm. you can drop, you know, you can drop ship, you know, you can get on, um, if you've heard of like a book baby, yeah. uh, you can go on there and, you know, you can set your book up and they can ship it and, and all that stuff for you. But I say choose wisely because um, you'll want to think about your profit margins and the mm -hmm. fees that some of those companies charge to, to do that for you. Um, so I actually sell independently on my website and I kind of ship and just manually do all of that myself. And I definitely I encourage people, if you can, to kind of take that that ownership on so that you can really, um, from a business standpoint, knock out those profits. Right, right. Oh, okay. That that is really smart um, and a really, really good tip. Now yeah. I know I know I asked um, you. I said you know two to four. Did you have a mm -hmm. third? I do. I do. So this third tip is really all about your marketing and kind of how you're planning to actually you know push the sales of your book because you don't want to just write a book and then have nobody to talk to about it, right? Right. So, right. So I encourage people and actually tell this, tell this to folks with any kind of launch, whether it's a book or it's a t-shirt or, or whatever. Um, but especially with a book, 
is to uh, begin sharing similar content with your audience long before the launch of your book. So, mm. you know, maybe leading six to, I would almost say six months to a year. Um, it, it might sound like overkill, but to kind of start feeding in, you know, I started posting recipe content um, in 2019, mm. you know, and early in 2020, just to kind of see, number one, does your audience even like that uh, yeah. kind of content? <laughs> Um, do you like creating that type of content and that kind of work? Um, and it just kind of warms warms your audience up so that by the time your book is ready, it's not just kind of coming out of left field. Right, right. Yeah. And did in doing that for you in particular, uh, did it lead you to put anything special in the book? So it did. So for me, I was kind of creating and just doing a lot of fun stuff. And I, I realized that my audience really gravitated towards cocktails in general mm. um, and just wanted, if I would just post a drink, maybe on my stories or, or my feed, um, I would get tons of questions on, okay, well, how do you do this? Or what are some good, you know, substitutions? Or what if I have this in my cabinet? Mm-hmm. So it just let me know that, hey, I'm actually doing something that people value and I can help folks along the way. So that way you're kind of learning, you know, what's the best way to actually give back and, and kind of know what people are looking for. So th- those are my three. Those are my only three for today. Awesome. But, <laughs> but by after hours, cocktail book for all the others. <laughs> yes, there you go. There, there, there were go. a lot. There were tons of tips in there. So. <laughs> so Martina, I want to thank you so much for being here with me and talking about your after hours cocktail book and all the wonderful things you're doing. If people want to find you on the interwebs, if they want to uh, <laughs> follow you on social media, how do they do that? Or if they want to purchase the book? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, yeah, this has been amazing uh, chatting with you. Um, so if you want to find out a little bit more about me, I'm all over the, like you said, the interwebs and the socials. <laughs> uh, my website is dreaandcompany.com. So that's D-R-E-A-A-N-D-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y.com. And um, from there, you can access our blog. You can access uh, the After Hours Cocktail Book. And you can even, you know, kind of dive into some of the other uh, fun projects and things we've got going on there. My Instagram handle is martina.drea, so M-A-R-T-I-N-A dot D-R-E-A. And you can find me there as well. We also have an additional um, Instagram for the home line, so Drea and Co. Home. Mm. And that's just spelled out D-R-E-A-N-D-C-O-H-O-M-E. 